Come on, let's pray together. God, thanks for today. What a confession that song is that, frankly, Father, we, we have a lot of ideas about who we want to be, about who we want you to make us to be, and we just confess that in our incredible selfishness, we struggle to lay that down. We struggle to daily crucify our flesh and surrender that you would make us whatever you want us to be. So Holy Spirit, would you help us as we open your word today and look at a passage that will describe what it is that you want us to be and the path that we take to get there. So Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word? Would you help us to taste and see that you are good? Most of all, on this Palm Sunday, we're thankful for Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen. If you have a Bible, meet me in Galatians chapter 6. We're going to back up a little bit uh, into the end of 5. But last week, Pastor Jerome did a wonderful job starting a conversation about the flesh and the spirit. The flesh and the spirit. And the scripture says that if you walk by the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. If I was going to poll the audience today... I was going to pull you online and ask you if you would like to live in the place where you did not gratify the desires or satisfy the desires of your flesh. I think we would have like 100% participation if you're a follower of Jesus and say, yes, like I would like that to be my reality. But how many of you know <laughs> that Monday's coming? And your flesh is coming fast because we live in that tension, don't we? We live in that space where already having Jesus, but not yet being who we ought to be. It's, uh, it's the tension that we live with. And so Jerome was talking about uh, and challenging us to let the Holy Spirit, I love this analogy, to let him mess with our recipe, Right? Like this is not grandma's home cooking. You, you, you don't need to keep the same recipe that you've always had. Sanctification is the Spirit's work in you. Sanding off those things that ought not be there. But what's important is if you grew up like I did, it was never explicitly said but the way life in the church was experienced, and maybe you'll identify with this, is that the gospel got you in, and then it was time to suit up. And it was time to suit up, then it was time for you to take the ball into your hands and get things done. And frankly, it worked for a long time, and maybe even works at times today in certain settings because we don't really like to be told what to do. 
But there's one thing that we like even less. Being told there's nothing you can do. Right? Because when, when all controls ripped out of my hands, that goes against every value of 21st century United States of American culture. Every single value. It just does. Like, we get stuff done. And frankly, in almost every area of life, if you will make a plan and work hard, you'll succeed. Whatever that looks like for you and your wiring and how God's made you, that's likely possible. But in Christ, the scripture says, apart from Jesus, there's how much you can do. How much? Nothing. It's, it's so helpless and so freeing because when you spend your entire life getting your own, there is an odd freedom that comes with being told that in this regard, for the rest of your eternity, there's only one person, and it is not you, who can secure for you what you need at the most deep level. And of course that's Jesus. And we're here on this Palm Sunday. You came to this place or you're watching online because you actually believe something about that God. Because if you were just coming for some tips and tricks, <laughs> some, there's some better gigs in town. But that's not why we're here, right? We're here because we actually believe what David wrote in the Psalms about this God. He says, I come into your house because of your faithful love and it changes my expectations of what will take place. So we're here because we actually believe that this is the living word of God. Not that Mitch has some great things to say. So then there's this phenomenal transition that takes place in this text. So it goes from walk by the Spirit, the works of the flesh are obvious, all the things Jerome talked about last week, and it lists those obvious things, right? And you're like, yep, those are, those are bad. <laughs> and I do a lot of those things, right? And if you're just like going to get real honest in church today, you're just like, I'm on that list. Are you on that list? Do I need to read you the list? Because only my nine-year-old admitted to me right there that he's on the list. None of y'all admitted that you were on the list. You're all on the list, right? Because listen to it. Listen to it. Sexual immorality. You don't have to voice your own on that. We can keep... <laughs> Moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry. We're all out. <laughs> Sorcery. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's your gig, but... Let's talk later if it is. How about this one? Hatred. Anybody still in? No, we're out. Strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar, just in case you made it. Anything, anything similar. If you're that guy who's like, well, I'm, I don't have outbursts of anger. They're very subtle, so I'm, I'm okay. He's like, no, and anything similar. 
Right? It's kind of like Matthew 5 where Jesus says, you've heard it say don't murder, but I say don't even hate somebody in your heart. You're like, okay. Just blew the Ten Commandments. So, so there's this realization that, that we're not who we're supposed to be. <laughs> that, that Palm Sunday happened, that Jesus came and we all said, and I say we because we would have been there too, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes. Glory to God in the highest. Like, save us now is what Hosanna means. But then he didn't do it the way they wanted him to. And so it changed from Hosanna to what? Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. And, and, and don't we do the same thing? Like, we, we pray for blessing. We ask him for direction. And then he puts a trial in our lap and our whole tune changes, doesn't it? Or is that just me? It's not just me, right? Like, this is our human experience. And, and, and he begins to shape us in those places. And then the transition in verse 22. The works of the flesh are obvious. And we can joke and be silly about that. But in reality, we know that. We live that. We live with us. <laughs> We just fall short, as Scripture says, of the glory of God. We fall short of where we want to be. Uh, Don't you love Romans 7? I'm so glad that's in the Bible because the Apostle Paul, like he met God face to face, like got knocked down by his glory. And after that said in Romans 7, man, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I do want to do. (laughs) That was after getting literally knocked off his horse by the glory of God. Man, if he can't do it. (laughs) But yet, there is this freedom, right, that we've been studying. And Paul said it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So what is that? What What does that look like? Why would Paul say Romans 7, but then write Galatians 5? I love this. Listen, Listen to what it says. And if you have a paper Bible, you should circle some of these things because it helps you read it right. Because you are going to be tempted to hear this list and start to compare your life with the list. And I want to help you reframe that today, but, but here's what it is. So, so the works of the flesh are obvious, but with this call is to walk by the Spirit. So here it is. Works of the flesh are obvious, but... The fruit of the what? You should circle spirit in your Bible. The fruit of the spirit is. You see, many of you, me, were taught this as though this is the list of things we work on to get God's approval. That if you would just be more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and if you would just get a little bit of self-control, can I get an amen church today? Right? Like that, like I, that would preach and I I'd probably could talk you into saying amen. But I wouldn't be telling you the truth because that's not what it says. It says the fruit of the spirit If you try to do those things in your own power, 
you're going to do one of two things. Fail miserably or annoy everybody while you fake all of those things. <laughs> She's like, you're not even real. <laughs> you, ever, you ever be around that guy who prays like that? You're like, you're not really like that. <laughs> because it says the fruit of the Spirit, and then I love this, listen to this, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And here we go. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, what's my role in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? What's my role in that? This is your role in that. It's, It's not to be those things. The Spirit is those fruit in you. If you belong to Christ Jesus. So what is my role in that? Here it is. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's your role in that. And then there's this incredible declaration. Listen to this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Normally, I would just breeze past that, but but when you read this rightly in its context, if we live, what a question. It's an important question. If, and, and maybe the most diagnostic question in this text for you and I today. If we live, because you are living, you're living, you're, I can tell, you're, you're here. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You see, my role is not to produce all of those things in my life because I won't. My role is to keep in step with the Spirit. And then I will not gratify the desires of my flesh, but the Spirit. Spirit will produce all of these things in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience. And that sounds like semantics, but it's not. Because what happens if we don't? Look at the next verse. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. it's, It's just the way it happens. Because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, right? I mean, look, look back at the... Uh, text in Mark chapter 11 will be on the screen for you. But think about the triumphal entry. Think about what's happening here as he rides into Jerusalem. Look at verse number 7. It says, They brought the donkey to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. What what a statement. Blessed is the coming kingdom. There is a coming kingdom. Jesus taught us to pray. What? That his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. 
in reality, the church, us, are to be living by the Spirit so that there is this visible manifestation of heaven on earth. That is the vision for church life together. That's why he came. That's why Palm Sunday happened. That's why Easter is coming. That's why Good Friday had to happen to create this opportunity. That we might live by the Spirit. And it is emphatically not about you living right. <laughs> living right is the byproduct of being with Jesus. It's the byproduct of being, as we studied a few weeks ago, filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God coming into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Like that is the way right living comes. It is about receiving what is not yours freely from the one who is the great I am. I mean, is there a better statement than I am? (laughs) That's what you need. It's John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, but to all who did receive him. He gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, John 1, 12. So if we live by him, then what? He says, let us also keep in step with the spirit. This is our role to play. It is the recipe. It's the secret sauce. It's the fundamentals. It's no shortcuts. It's putting in the work, the reps, the time, not for salvation, but for relationship. For blessing. Otherwise, verse 26 happens. It goes straight to our selfish heads and we think too much of ourselves and not enough of others. And the church becomes ravaged with selfishness and sin between its members and many local churches die. You realize that? Like, like we are all like a few selfish decisions and nasty emails away From this just all going away. And you know what? Jesus would still build his church if Redeemer City Church goes away. Are you aware of that? But man, that would stink. That would stink. Why? Like, but it's what happens all over the world. And it has happened for years. That's why these cliches, like, well, the church split over the color of the carpet. (laughs) Because we laugh, but it's, It's what happens. So this is critical stuff. The gospel, if we live by the Spirit, that's the gospel. If we live by the Spirit, if we have been made alive in Christ, this has an impact. The gospel has a daily effect on our lives. And if we're wrong on that, we get everything else wrong. If we're wrong on this, we get everything else wrong. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does that look like? Look at chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, that's all of y'all. That's us. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with what kind of spirit? What kind? Gentle. With a gentle spirit. Is the church of Jesus Christ 
known for restoring people in sin, which newsflashes all of us, with a gentle spirit. We're not. We're not. Let's keep going. Watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Verse 2, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it interesting that that comes on the heel of talking with people about their sin? It, it, It is the trials of life, but it's not just the trials of life. It's not just when you need us to pray because something bad happens. Are you aware that literally every week of your life, something bad happens because you chose for it to happen? Yikes. Paul Paul just wants us to get super real with each other and just just take that mask off and just like probably this morning you blew it. I did because I was tired. I've already had to apologize this morning. It's been a great start. We're having a great run. Because carry one another's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. My spouse, my kids, my neighbor, my co-workers, my enemies. Like these are the things that Jesus was teaching. That there's this entirely countercultural way to live your life. And it doesn't make any sense in the kingdom of this world. It only makes sense in the kingdom of God that you would lay down your life like we just sang to be with Jesus and his people. So he keeps going. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. If there was a social media verse in the Bible, it's that one, right? Don't compare yourself to other people. That would be suggesting that God made a mistake when he made you. And God doesn't make mistakes. Do you believe that? Yeah. I'm not saying there's not things that we all need to work on. I've been spending the last 20 minutes telling you how much you need to work on. (laughs) But there is a way that we work on those things. So Paul says, don't compare yourself. Examine your own work. Verse 5, for each person will have to carry his own load. And I would add, which is terrible, I'm not adding to the Bible. I'm adding to its interpretation. To the foot of the cross. Right? Like, like where, where am I carrying the load? What was the invitation Jesus made to bring that to the cross and crucify the flesh with all of its passions and desires right there at Jesus' feet. Let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a person sows. He will also reap because the one who sows to the flesh. Now we're connecting back to the flesh and the spirit. The one who sows to the flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good. It's easy to get tired of doing good if 
if you're just doing the good, right? Because this is seeded, it's married up into the idea that it's the fruit of the Spirit that will manifest itself through you. So important. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Man, maybe you're just here today to hear that. Like the Spirit of God lives within you, don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever you're facing, if the Spirit of God is in you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Like, like that's, that's actually yours. Like right now, Spirit of God promised by God to be yours. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. The visible church, a picture of heaven on earth. Listen, the reason we gather is not to have a big thing. There's lots of big things you can go to. That's not why we gather. The reason we gather is for this. Because what, what's the vision of the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven? It's right there. It's that we would carry each other's burdens, share all good things, and work for the good of all. Does that sound like the world that you live in? It does not. One quick peruse of the news, which is not advisable anymore. <laughs> Any of them. And you can... Like, that's not real. Unless, unless Jesus is there. You see, see because when, when Jesus enters the picture, you can care about Russians. You can care about Ukrainians. You can care about South Americans. You can care about people in the Middle East. You can care about Jerusalem. You can care about Palestine. You can care about Iraq and Iran and Palm Harbor. Or downtown Tampa, or South Tampa, or Tampa Heights, or Seminole Heights. You can drive up Dale Mabry and not get mad at people. <laughs> it's possible. Sometimes. Because this is, an, this is an altogether different vision for your life. But, but here's, here's what I think is true, though. Permission to step on your toes one more time. I've already stepped on mine twice. Here's the thing. We're aliens on this earth with this tantalizing offer to the people of the world to come and see, to taste and see that the Lord is good. But here's what, here's the problem. Many of them don't. Because we aren't. And if I could just land this plane with you anywhere today, if you didn't get any of that, like just hear me. Many people don't come taste and see that the Lord is good because we aren't. Listen, if you haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if you aren't every day of your life, Tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. The rest of this isn't going to happen. That's why it says it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so, 
So today, like we're gonna we're gonna come to the communion table together on Palm Sunday before Easter, before before the most important week in history begins. And just let's confess the fact that the visible manifestation of the kingdom of God is often dim or blurry because we, in fact, are not tasting of Him. And let's today, instead of feeling guilty, right? Because that's, our, that's the flesh. Instead of feeling guilty, let's rather expose our flesh to His body and His blood to be covered in it and to surrender to the Spirit of God in our lives. Deal? So I'm going to have the band come up and they're, they're going to play along with us because as we, as we turn our attention there, I want you to think about what those things mean, what the communion passage actually says. In light of what we just talked about, I want you to think about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Listen to what, listen to what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says this, the cup of blessing that we bless. Is it not sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Some of your translations will say a participation in. Because there is one bread, because there's one God, one Jesus, one Lord overall. Here's what it says. We who are many are one body. Why is it so important for us to have the proper vision of the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven? Why is it so important that we would carry each other's burdens? That we would share all good things together. And that we would work for the good of all. Why is that so important? Because in Jesus, we are one body. Us in Him and He in us. Because we all, verse 17 says, share the one bread. We share Jesus. We share Him. And so before I get to 1 Corinthians 11, and we actually take that together, as you sit there, I want you to just grab some elements and just put them in your hand. Maybe even take the wafer out and feel it in your fingers. And I want you to listen to the words of this song, because we're, we're going to sing together the truth of communion, the truth of the table. And then right there in the middle of the song, we're going to take these elements together and then we're going to finish out with some beautiful words that we'll just declare with our voices together. So let's listen to this together. Sing it out. Feel the elements in your fingers. And then in just a moment, we'll, we'll take it together and then we'll sing the rest of it.